the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at Let's Talk Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. And uh, this person said that uh, you don't need to look at the works of someone to see if they're saved or not. It really doesn't matter. That is a twisting and a perversion of the gospel. James says that if you really have faith, your life will show it. That's part of the gospel. What does a person believe about the gospel? What do they believe about the security of the believer? What do they believe about grace? What do they believe about the death of Christ? Because if they're off on that, they're off on everything. In fact, if they're off on that, you don't want to listen to anything else that they say. Those are foundational truths by which we can identify false teachers and troublemakers in the church. In fact, the Apostle John listed three tests in 1 John that we can use to assure ourselves of our own salvation. One is, do we correctly understand who Jesus is and what he did for us? Next is, do we have a particular love for other Christians? And the third, has there been a change in how we live? Welcome. I'm glad you could tune in today for Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve Kreloff continues our study on surviving in difficult times. He's the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Our text is in the third chapter of 2 Timothy, but we're going to explore a few supporting passages, so if you're following in your Bible, you might want to keep your finger there in 2 Timothy as we look at a few verses that are extremely helpful in choosing the kind of person we want to follow in our own spiritual development. Here's Pastor Steve. Back in the Old Testament, the principle is this. Like people, like priests. In other words, if, if, if you want to know the spiritual climate of Israel, look at the priests, because the people are going to be just like them. Like priests, like people, like people, like priests. This is the whole reason that Paul devotes uh, most of chapter 3 to the qualifications for elders or pastors in the church. And then he speaks of, of deacons and deaconesses. Why? Because they have a leadership role, and the church will never get any higher than the, than the, uh, the leadership of a church. The congregation will never rise spiritually higher than its leaders. You show me a church that has poor leadership, and I'll show you a church that is poor. So when it comes to following a leader, we need to have a biblical balance. That's something very important. There's accountability that's so important. Our, our ultimate confidence is in Christ. He's our perfect example. No question about that. However, Christ provides for us men and women who model him on a daily basis, and we are to follow them as they demonstrate Christ-like attitudes before us. A number of years ago, there was a friend of mine who I noticed was just, um, something was going wrong in his spiritual life. And uh, I don't remember all the details of it, but I, I just knew by things that he was saying in Sunday school classes many years ago, uh, attitude problems. And so I said, why don't we go out and, and uh, let's have lunch together and just talk. It became very obvious to me what the problem was. I, I asked him, I said, who, who are you accountable to? Who, who are you following? You know what he said? 
I follow only the Lord. Now that sounds spiritual, but that is not spiritual. And he didn't stop that downward spiral spiritually, at least as far as I know. He's out of my life now, and I don't know exactly what's going on. But uh, that's a dangerous thing. No question about it. Jesus Christ is our example. And no question about it that people will fail you. But we want to uh, uh, arrive at a biblical balance. If you go to one extreme and say, I don't need anybody to follow, I don't need a, a human model, then you are missing out on some of the great truths of Scripture. Let me, uh, let me show you. Uh, let me say also the other extreme is to say, I just follow people, I don't follow the Lord. The Bible teaches both. And let's just look at a few passages. The first passage is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're just pausing Pausing and taking a breather in 2 Timothy because we want to examine this. And this is what Paul is saying. Timothy, you followed me. You followed me. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, perhaps the strongest, most uh, direct verse that deals with this. Paul says, be imitators. It means be a mimic. Be imitators of who? Me. But he doesn't stop there, does he? Just as I also am of Christ. In other words, Timothy, or, or actually the Corinthians in this case, He says, you ought to be able to look through me and see Christ. When you look at me, I ought to be so transparent that you see Christ in me. Follow me as I follow Christ. I'll follow Christ and set the pattern for you and so you can follow me. So you can't avoid the fact that God puts people in our paths who we are to follow as they're following Christ. It's not just following anybody. It's following one who follows Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Verse 15 and on, he says to the Corinthians who are having all kinds of problems. And uh, it's interesting that Paul doesn't say a whole lot about the leadership at Corinth, which leads me to think that that was the problem at Corinth. They did need some good leaders. And um, instead, they wanted to follow just apostles, and they didn't have any of their own pastors. At least that seems to be indicated by silence. Perhaps that's not the strongest argument, but uh, it's an argument nonetheless. Verse 15. For if you have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. What he's saying here is that you may have many people who who have taught you over the years, but I'm your daddy spiritually. You only have one daddy, and that's me. I exhort you, therefore, verse 16 says, be imitators of me. I'm your dad. Watch me. And then he says something very interesting in verse 17. For this reason, I I have also, or I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my ways which are in Christ Jesus, just as I teach everywhere in every church. Isn't that interesting? Paul says, follow me, but he sends Timothy. Paul, if you wanted them to follow you, why don't you go over there? No, what what he's saying, and this is fascinating, it just backs up what uh, the point is. He's saying, look, I can't be with you, but Timothy has followed me. Timothy is a little me running around. He'll be your example. I've invested my life in him. He's watched me so that when, uh, when he goes to you, you'll be able to see what I'm like. Follow me by following Timothy, because I've already got this guy who knows what's going on. Then 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, this is, and, I, and I want to give you this in full force. This is not just one isolated verse that's pulled out of context. All throughout the New Testament, the Bible calls us to follow individual people. Anyone who doesn't is missing out on something very important. That's a very dangerous thing to get into. 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, you became imitators of us, he says to the Thessalonians, and of the Lord. But he doesn't bypass people, does he? You, you're imitating the Lord, but how do you know how the Lord is to act 
and wants you to act on a daily basis. You follow us. You see how we conduct ourselves with our families. I'm just paraphrasing some essence of thought here. You see how we, how we handle problems. You see how we love one another. You see, the, you see the Lord's life lived out in flesh and in blood in us. So you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Then if you'll turn back to Philippians, just a few, uh, really a few pages back to Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, marvelous verse. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Follow my example. Observe godly people. Isn't that marvelous? Then Philippians 4 9, after telling uh, the Philippians how not to worry and not to be anxious, he says in verse 9, the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in the God of peace shall be with you. Paul says, look, follow me. Follow the leader. Simon says, you do it. Paul says, you do it. Peter reinforces this. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3. 1 Peter 5, 3, you don't need to turn there. But Peter says this, and he's speaking to elders now. He says, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge. Don't, don't be dictators. Lead them, but don't be dictators, just like a mom and dad. Don't exasperate your family or your church family because you are lording it over them. You're not little, little dictators. He says here the alternative is, and the biblical thing to do, verse 3, but proving to be examples to the flock. Don't tell them what to do necessarily all the time, but show them how to do it. I think that's, that's part of what he's saying. Show them, be an example. And then finally, one of my favorite passages is Hebrews 13, verse 7. Hebrews 13, verse 7. And I take it he's referring here to the apostles. He says, the writer says, Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the outcome of their way of life, imitate their faith. He says, remember them, consider them. You had them for an example. Imitate what you saw in them. Isn't that great? That's the whole point. But the broad general principle and, and all the other ones deal in, in important matters. But I want you to see, and I think I said this is the last one. Uh, I didn't notice on my notes. There's something else. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 6. This is one that we have not really dealt with, but it is a marvelous truth. It is uh, really what all the other truths that I just read are founded on. Luke chapter 6. You should at least make a note of this on your Notes, Luke chapter 6, verse 40. This is the theme verse, by the way, of the Master's College and Seminary out in California. A pupil is not above his teacher or his master, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. That's why it's so important to follow the right teacher. Who you follow is going to determine what you are like. That's what this verse is saying. Who you follow will determine what you're like. So follow the right leaders. What kind of quality should you look for? So important. Your spiritual life is going to be affected by it. What kind of quality should you look for in determining the right leader to follow? You have to be discerning. You have to be biblical. Does the Bible uh, help us in this area? Yes, it does. 2 Timothy chapter 3. But I want, you, I want to apply it to you. This will help you in, in looking for... Uh, what kind of pastor or pastors to find in a local church. 
This will help you to determine who you want to disciple you. Don't just pick anybody to disciple you. It will help you in determining who you should listen to on radio or television. How do you know if that person is the kind of leader you want to emulate? Because you will become like him or her. Very important. I remember uh, a man saying to me years ago, he said, Steve, when you go to Moody Bible Institute, find the most godly man you know and make him your best friend. I think I did that. I cornered a student pastor one day, and uh, I don't know exactly what I said, but in essence I said, would you be my friend? And uh, thankfully so, he said yes. And uh, he really helped me. I was his assistant for a while in a church in Illinois as I went to Moody, and uh, he was very helpful, very, very helpful, great, great man of God. And I watched that man, and I learned from him, and he was, he was mature and godly, and people looked up to him, and I just walked in his steps, at least tried to follow him and be like him. So what, is the, what are the characteristics that you look for in a, in a person? Well, Paul lists in verse 10, and then he goes on in verse 11, a number of of qualities. However, before looking at the individual characteristics, do you realize this? You must be able to get close enough to someone to examine them. I think that's a a broad truth here. We will eventually, by the way, get to the text. I'm just kind of giving you a foundation. This person's life has to be able to be examined, and that is very important. Don't choose a person that you don't know anything about, that you can't watch them. There's... in other words, don't, uh, don't choose someone who their life is mysterious. You, you never can get close to them. They're, they're isolated in some ivory tower. There's, they're, there's, they're not accessible. That doesn't mean that a person is always accessible, but it means that a person is at times accessible, but there should be nothing hitting, hidden about them. They ought to be transparent. They're not people who retreat, who you never see them. They just get on the pulpit, and that's it. If you want to be able to know them, you could know them. I think that's the point. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be their best friends, but it means that you could know them if you wanted to know them. Unfortunately, there are many Bible teachers who have huge type of ministries and seminars and, and radio and, and television. Pro- you cannot get to know them if you wanted to get to know them, even to, even to greet them. I love what Paul said in Acts 26, verse 4. He said to King Agrippa, he said, So then all Jews know my manner of life from my youth up, which from the beginning was spent among my own nation and at Jerusalem. In other words, King Agrippa, I'm not leading a life that's sheltered from people, and my life is an open book. I think that's important. You can't know about following someone if you can't get to know the someone you should follow. So you can know something about them. All right, let's finally get to 2 Timothy 3.10. And what do you follow? What do you look for in a man or a woman to follow? First of all, Paul says, you follow, Timothy, my teaching. My teaching. That's the first thing you look for in a spiritual leader when when you're looking for someone to follow. Does he proclaim God's word? What is he teaching? Paul had constantly claimed that he had received his doctrine from God. He said, I didn't receive it from man. I received it from God. And I think here the priority of of, of emphasis is the gospel. If somebody is off on the gospel, then they're off on everything else. And I think we need to be very, very careful about uh, what I would call easy believism, mental uh, assent that's going around, a rejection of an understanding that Christ is Lord. 
where does the person stand on the issue of repentance? Do they cut it out? I heard someone recently through a tape, actually someone was critiquing a book that this person wrote, and uh, this person said that uh, you don't need to look at the works of someone to see if they're saved or not. It really doesn't matter. That is a twisting and a perversion of the gospel. James says that if you really have faith, your life will show it. That's part of the gospel. What does a person believe about the gospel? What do they believe about the security of the believer? What do they believe about grace? What do they believe about the death of Christ? Because if they're off on that, they're off on everything. In fact, if they're off on that, you don't want to listen to anything else that they say. That's the foundation. That Jesus is God. That Jesus died for us. That Jesus rose again bodily. That he's coming again. That salvation is a free gift that comes to those who trust Christ. And inherent in that trust is a submission to his authority because you're not just trusting him as Savior, you're recognizing that he's Lord. In fact, the Bible never says trust Christ as personal Savior. It does say that when a person calls upon him in Romans chapter 10, it says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it speaks about knowing Jesus as Lord. So it's very important. But their teaching, broaden it out. Where do they stand on the historic Christian faith? Where do they stand on the gospel and the word of God? There are a lot of people who claim to be teaching God's word. In fact, most false teachers claim to teach God's word. If they didn't, nobody would listen to them. Christians wouldn't be gullible. Church people wouldn't be gullible. So most false teachers say they're preaching the truth. In fact, they say others are off. They're right. So how do you know who's right and who's wrong? I mean, somebody comes and you hear someone and you've never been... To Bible college, you've never been to seminary, you've never taken a course in theology. How do you know if this person is right or if they're wrong? Well, whether you've been to Bible college or seminary is, is purely, no pun intended, academic. The point is, is that you are to dig into the Bible and you are to study it on your own and you don't need to go to Bible school or seminary to be a student of the Bible. In fact, 2 Timothy 3.15 says this, It says that from childhood you've known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired of God and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, and so forth. You can study the Bible on your own. You don't have to lean on somebody else. And you can look into that. However, what if you were in the first century? You don't have a New Testament to check these things out. You only have an Old Testament And maybe you're from a pagan background. You don't even have an Old Testament. How do you know someone's right or wrong? Well, you say uh, God will authenticate it through miracles. Well, there's a truth to it. Paul said that he did the miracles of an apostle. That's right. But what what if these false teachers come along and they can do some miracles? How do you know? How do you know if he's real or if he's not? You don't have the Bible? The other guy's doing miracles too. Well, this is not uh, full proof, but it is strong evidence. And there's two ways that you can uh, determine whether, and I don't say this is, this is 100% uh, accurate. However, it is so uh, reliable that God gives it here that you can test a man. I'm not saying the Bible's not accurate. I'm just saying that, that uh, there are some good, strong indications. The Bible is fully accurate, but there are some good, strong indications of whether a man is uh, a man you can follow by determining if his, tr- if his teaching is true or not. Now, today we can look at the Bible and we can examine. But back then, how do you know if what he's teaching is true? Two questions you need to ask. Does he live by what he teaches? 
False teachers will tell you to do things that they'll never do themselves. Does he live by what he teaches? And secondly, is he willing to suffer and if need be, die for what he teaches? Let's look at that. He goes on to say in verse 10, you followed my teaching. And then he says, my conduct. Now he's going to give a list of, Paul's going to say, here's my life, Timothy. You followed my teaching and you know how you know my teaching is true? Not just because I told you, you have followed my conduct. And the way it's constructed in the Greek should be my conduct, not just conduct. My conduct, my purpose, my, all these other ways of putting it. My conduct. How do you know if a man is teaching the truth? Well, you look at the general behavior, his lifestyle. In other words, does he practice what he preaches? Paul didn't speak about sacrifice and contentment and, and then go out and demand a high salary so he can live in luxury. Paul wasn't like that. When Paul spoke about sacrifice, he spoke about sacrifice, and he lived sacrifice. He didn't preach against immorality and then uh, have a prostitute on the side. And Paul spoke about godly living. He lived it. He didn't tell people to be servants while he made himself out to be a celebrity. And Paul could say to Timothy, Timothy, you have followed me. You have observed that. And you have seen that I have practiced what I have preached. Let me illustrate this. Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, which is really the background to First and Second Timothy, because Paul is speaking to the elders of Ephesus, from which, uh, where he's writing to Timothy. In Acts chapter 20, verse 29 and following, Paul says, I know. And he's speaking to the elders now. They're gathered around him, good godly men. And he's warning them, I know that after my departure, savage wolves, beasts, are going to come in among you, not sparing the flock. The truth of that, of that statement is found in First and Second Timothy. That's what it's all about. False teachers coming in to draw people after themselves. He says, verse 30, from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. In other words, there'll be men in your midst who will start off by being good, but they're going to draw people away because they're going to turn out to be false teachers. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. Paul was in their midst for three years. He didn't just write them letters. He didn't just say, watch me on television. He was there. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. But watch this in verse 33. Paul just lays his life out before them. And I, and I think Paul is, is simply saying here, remember the way I lived and follow it. Look at my life. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes in opposition and in contrast with the false teachers who will do that. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my own needs and to the men who were with me. In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, you know what they did? He knelt down and he prayed with them all. And, and look at verse 37. What was their response? They began to weep aloud. They embraced Paul and they repeatedly kissed him, which was a very normal ancient uh, thing to do in that world, that part of the world, grieving especially over the, over the word that he had spoken that they should see his face no more, and they were accompanying him to the ship. How do you get love like that? You know how you get love like that? You live a godly life before people. They knew his integrity, and they knew that he was real. And Paul was saying, look, you know how I labored. You know that I didn't come and take advantage of you. I'm not a religious huckster. I'm, I'm not, I don't have a religion's game on the side, and, and I'm not doing a, a racket here. I mean, this isn't business to me. This is ministry, and they knew it, and they embraced him, and they kissed him, and they said, we don't want you to leave. 
So Paul says, Timothy, you have followed my conduct. False teachers don't practice what they tell others to do. They're, they're just into creature comforts. You say, how do you know that? Because they're lovers of self. Lovers of self don't live sacrificially. Lovers of self uh, tell others what to do, but they don't do it themselves. Peter Drucker said, leadership is not magnetic personality. That can just as well be a glib tongue. It is not making friends and influencing people. That is flattery. Leadership is lifting a person's vision to higher sights, the raising of a person's performance to higher standards, the building of a personality beyond its normal limitations. And I might add that if a leader can do that on a fairly consistent basis, he or she will have a whole lot of loving and loyal friends. And it's an important trait to look for in finding a good mentor. Thanks for listening today to Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, and he's teaching from 2 Timothy 3 about surviving in difficult times. If you're interested in finding out more about Lakeside, visit lakesidechapel.com or call us at 727-441-1714. Today's program was the middle part of a three-part message. We have all the previous broadcasts available on our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click on the Message Archive tab and stream or download any audio file you choose at no charge. That's versebyverseradio.org. I'm Jerry Peterson. I hope you can come back next time to hear the rest of this message. Pastor Steve will continue with more biblical advice on choosing the right role model. We'll spend some more time... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.